This is the Tony Rambles Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to episode three. And first, I want to shout out to my brother, Sleepy T. You can find him on Instagram. He made all the instrumentals. Go check out his stuff. But I have the esteemed pleasure of introducing one of the best people that I know. Someone who is very, very important to me. And that's Mrs. Rambles. Say hello to everyone. Hello, everyone. I'm Kia, a.k.a. Mrs. Rambles. Excellent. And so, I think it's only right that Mrs. Rambles kicks off our first number because this number has a lot to do with her and our humble beginnings in our marriage. So, the first number is $23.19. And so, $23.19 is a Wendy's order. That we had very early on in our marriage when we were young and broke, young and broke. Now, we're still young, not as broke, but it was just too much to pay at that point. And so we were hungry. We pull up to the Wendy's drive through and we order what we were getting. I think it was maybe a number one, which is a single, a number two, which is a double. And I think we both ordered Frosties. Chocolate Frosties. Yes, always. Always chocolate. Don't at me. And so one thing that I I hate is that when you go to a place and they have smoothies or shakes, it's always so much more to get the smoothie. It's like they're not even substituting my drink. I said, well, just give me my Dr. Pepper and the smoothie or, you know, whatever. But... That's another story for another day. So we go and we order our food and it's like 2319. I believe that's the number. And we both look at each other knowing how much money we don't have. And and what do we do? Pull off. (laughs) We pull off. We just leave. We leave and I guess somebody got dinner that night. Yeah, I'm not sure. Did we, like, eat some sandwiches or something after that? Maybe. Maybe we, uh, Kia doesn't like hot dogs, so I know we didn't make hot dogs. But somebody at Wendy's got a free number two and a number one. And so it just reminds me of how far we've come. And hopefully where we're going, it just continues to get better and better. It's already gotten better and better, so it can only go up. It's so simple to just think about how great things are and just the different avenues that have opened up to us, but we all got to remember where we've come from. Yeah, so the Wendy's moment is definitely a come-up moment because every time I pass Wendy's now, I think about how young we were, how much we didn't have, and now looking at everything we have now, it's it's humbling to look at Wendy's and just 
look back and remember, you know, hey, we we used to be there. Now God has blessed us so much more beyond twenty three dollars and nineteen cents. Right. So if if the tab comes up twenty three dollars, we still look at each other like, uh, I don't know. Should we? Knowing we can, but should we? Right. Right. We could probably get a. Uh, at least less expensive meals somewhere else or just you know what $23 I can go get groceries and I can go home and just make a burger a fire one at that exactly exactly and so those humble beginnings actually took us out of the country at one point maybe two three years in I would like to say we went out of the country maybe about three years into our marriage. Three years into our marriage, we moved to China. And that brings up our next number. And that number is 7 a.m. And I'll get to that number here in a second. But we move and we go to China. And one of our favorite things that we began to see very early is the sense of community as you go into different apartments or wherever your home is, there's always people outside and greeting you. And the sense of community is something that really drew us to to stay as long as we did. I would say we made a lot of good friends in China. And that was one of the places that we were able to hone in on our hobbies and uh, what we like to do. We actually had time to do those things with people that we mm-hmm. cared about. And the, I want to say the amount of people or our community grew really quickly in China versus being here because it seems like, you know, here you're, you have this grind in America. That day-to-day grind is something that many of us can relate to no matter how old you are. Cause I, I know now, even with high school age kids, they feel it too. And they may not even have jobs. It's just going to school every day, having to wake up, having to go, uh, quote unquote, punch the clock and do a lot of things that they don't necessarily feel like doing, maybe are not even interested in. And that is something that kind of makes you shut off the rest of the world because you have so much work to do. I agree. And in China, it was easy to separate work and um, time to do all the things you enjoy doing. You had more time to do it. You had people to do it with. And it just worked out better. So what's one of the, the great things about the community? Like, what's one of those activities that you enjoy doing so much? So when I was in China... Uh, there were a few things that I picked up. Uh, reading more books. Uh, there was a g- group of ladies there in China. The SIF church. The lead pastor's wife. Mm-hmm. Mrs. Lutz? Yes, Mrs. Lutz. Yeah, yeah. She's amazing. So she was very into books. And uh, we had this like book group going in our WeChat. Mm-hmm. Uh, WeChat is basically their Facebook. Yeah. And I think over there, I read maybe 12 books that year. Yeah. In the span of one year. In addition to that, 
I picked up painting, which I had the opportunity to paint in high school, and I hated it. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I think because there wasn't this community and this, um, there wasn't any fun to it. You were just trying to get your grade. It was a chore. It was just a thing on the checklist. Whereas in China, there was fun behind it. People were learning and growing together. We were talking. It was just fun. And so for me, the biggest thing that I chose to do with the community, and it's the same thing that I do here, is play basketball. Over there, we played so much basketball. There are goals everywhere, and so many people just interested in the sport. Now, I will have to say that the level of competition over here is maybe a a little bit better, (laughs) but we definitely had fun with going to, just going to different parks, and I had a, a couple of guys, shout out to my boy Pat, we would always go to Wujong, and that was on the south side of our city, Suzhou. And we would just go and play. And it would be maybe 8, 9 o'clock at night after work. And we would just go up there and hoop for maybe, I don't know, maybe about an hour and a half or so. But that was just what we did. And so there was a group chat where we had a bunch of guys, many of them from all over America. Uh, there was one guy that was from Alaska. Shout out to Casey. He was probably one of the most feared guys because he was big. He could dunk. And there was um, Lucian was from Baltimore. There was Momo from Cali. Always had his shirt off. Um, there was, um, what's my boy name? Dang, he's from, uh, I think, Washington State. But uh, we would just all get together in the group chat. Hey, we're hooping here. Hey, we're hooping there. And, you know, whoever showed up would show up and play. Uh, My boy Daniel was actually from China, but this dude was a flat-out shooter. He could go. And so that's the thing that we really miss about China is just having this sense of community and just different places that you can go. And it was always people. And maybe not the same people, but there was a, a core group that was always involved. And everybody was so inviting. It just... It gives a different feel than what we have here. And that brings us back to our original number. I know y'all like, oh, there goes Tony's ramble again. He's just going on and on about China. Uh, But the number is 7 a.m. And that number came up because there's a crossing guard on my way to work. And this crossing guard is usually there between, I don't know, maybe 6.50 or 7 a.m. And he's on the corner. He's always waving at the cars going by both sides of the street. He doesn't miss anyone. And so that thing just really brought me back to that sense of community. So I made sure I honked my horn. I rolled my window down and I threw my hand up. And I just think, where'd that go? Like, why don't people, I'll ask my lovely wife, why don't people, you know, why are people just not in the moment, not with the people that they're next to? I just think we're so disconnected now, um, and there are so many distractions uh, between being an overthinker, being on social media, mm. being on your phone in general, um, just being so into yourself and not, you know, taking time to look around about what's going on right. around you. 
They're like, oh, it's so-so may be judging me. I don't want to be weird and just say, hey, what's your name? Right? They're like, oh, that's a creeper. Yeah. Exactly. And unfortunately, they're not a creeper. They're just another person just like you, but you've already labeled judged them, them yeah. labeled them, made them something they're not. Right. And it's just all about we are social beings and we want to talk to people and we want to make connections and we want to have friends. And I was listening to another podcast, uh, Ryan Rosillo, shout out. Uh, he doesn't know who I am, but maybe one day. Uh, I was listening to his podcast, and he has uh, this guy was uh, wrote in, because you can send emails there, and he was like, um, this guy had really messed up with his friend group, and he was really, really worried about it because it's hard to make friends. So if you mess up with your friend group in the community, now I was like, okay, well, who do I hang out with? Who do I talk to? And it's it's just difficult, especially after high school. It's just harder to make friends outside of the job that you have and the places around that job that maybe you and your coworkers go out to work to. So it just gave a really different feel when we got back, and we really noticed it a lot more. So shout out to that crossing guard on uh what is that fifth street in independence maybe you'll be listening one day and just know that this one is for you speaking of basketball and community and being international that brings us to our next number now it's a mouthful so just hold on with me march 2nd 2021 7 a.m pacific time that's when a tmz article dropped of zlatan talking about LeBron and how he should just stick to basketball. <sighs> Here we go. Another one who has no idea the impact that that you can make being in an influence like LeBron is. Being a superstar in sports has always crossed over into politics. So for someone to be that close-minded to say, oh, you should just stick to sports. I'm a politician, so that's why I will do politics. I play football, so I'm going to play football. And that's basically what the guy said. And I just 100% disagree with him because of the things that LeBron has done in his community. And he's put his money where his mouth is in every aspect as far as taking care of Akron, Ohio, where he's from. And being a pillar in the Cleveland community. Like, you know how much money Cleveland lost when LeBron left? And how much money they gained when he got back? I mean, it made a huge difference. So for this guy to say that... That you should just stick to basketball. Knowing that you have such a great influence over the world. Let alone just your community or the city that you're from. I think that's very close-minded. And it really doesn't attack the very issue that's going on. Because it's not really politics. We're talking about helping people. Uh, helping underprivileged people who do not have the same advantages that you do. It's not political. It's being human. It's caring about people. Especially those who are less fortunate. And putting your money where your mouth is and doing something to help. So, how do you feel about the comments that Zlatan had about LeBron James and him 
staying out of politics, even though this is not necessarily a political issue in my view. It's disrespectful. LeBron James is someone who prides himself on helping his people and being an active part of his community. I don't see how, insert guy's name here, uh, saw it otherwise. I don't think he's informed on the things that LeBron is doing and how it's affecting the less fortunate. That made it even more unfair. And so it's very... I don't know. I think it's. I think when you get to such a point where people are looking up to you because you do something that they want to do. I know for me, that's why I looked up to Barry Sanders. I looked up to Jerry Rice because I wanted to play football. And those were the people who are the best at it. So regardless if they felt like they were role models or not, they were. So being a role model is not something that you get to choose. It chooses you based on the position that you have and the influence that you have over others. I think Slatan is actually doing himself and his community a disservice because he's someone who a lot of people I'm sure look up to because of how great he is at what he does. So he should use his voice, use his platform to be able to make change in his community as well. And so speaking of making change, it's time for my wife to go. She's pregnant and hungry and she's ready to get out of here. So thank you for gracing the airwaves with your presence. Say goodbye to the people. Goodbye, people. For our last and final number, we have 24 players, two teams, you guessed it, the NBA All-Star Game. We've got Team LeBron, and we've got Team Durant. With the starters, I noticed something very distinct the first time I saw the teams. I said, whoa, 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 whoa. Maybe I'm the only person who saw this, but I'll list them first, and then I'll tell you what I saw. So we got Kevin Durant starting five, Bradley Beal, Joel Embiid, Kyrie Irving, Kawhi Leonard, and Jason Tatum. And on Team LeBron, we've got, of course, LeBron James, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, and the Joker. And so what I noticed with LeBron James' team is you have a lot of guys who are excellent passers. LeBron James is obviously an amazing passer. It's well documented how great of a passer he is. You have Nikola Jokic, who is arguably the best big man passer ever. Of course, there's an argument to be made for Sabonis, probably a few other guys. And then you have Luka Doncic, who is just as good as anybody passing the ball. I mean, past, present, you got LeBron, you got Magic. Of course, I mean, you got Jokic now. Uh, you got guys like Jason Kidd, and Luka is up there with all of them. And, of course, you got the great Steph Curry, who was known for being the best shooter ever, as Stephen A. was saying. We all know this. But Steph Curry is a great passer as well. He's a definitely a willing passer, but I don't think he gets credit for how well he passes the ball to because he can be a little flashy. 
He can cause some turnovers with all that flash. But nonetheless, a really good passer. And you have Giannis, who is definitely the least of the passers in the bunch. Uh, I wouldn't say Giannis is even a great passer. I would say he's a good passer, maybe a willing passer. But he's definitely not these other guys. And then you got Team Durant. Where you have Bradley Beal, Joel Embiid, Kyrie Irving, Kawhi Leonard, and Jason Tatum. And these guys are straight bucket getters. So you look at Jason Tatum. He takes probably some of the hardest shots in the league. I don't understand why he takes so many step backs and side steps when you could just get off the ball, move, get the ball back, and take an open jumper. I don't understand. This guy takes the hardest shots in the league. Now, granny, he makes a lot of shots. He's a great, great scorer, a great individual talent who's figuring things out. And I think as he grows and becomes a better playmaker and is able to raise the level of his team by him taking all of the the attention from the defense and then being able to make plays for others, I think that's going to make him that's going to take him to a different level. And that's what you see with Kawhi Leonard this year more than any other year is him being able to assist the ball, being able to make plays for others because Kawhi in the mid-range is unstoppable. There's nothing you can do. He's so big and strong, and he's got long arms and big hands. Once he gets you on his hip and he starts to put that shoulder in you a couple times, it's really not much you can do. He can shoot over just about anybody. And so he is a great individual talent, a great scorer. And speaking of great scores, Kyrie Irving is just a master with the basketball. I mean, his dribble is, is unlike anything that we've ever seen because of how he's able to do it in-game. He's an under-the-rim guy, and his handle is, is ridiculous. So he can get past anybody and a lot of times he'll create space to get to the bucket. He doesn't always have to take that jumper. And that's the difference between, I think, him and Steph Curry. Side note here is that Steph Curry is lethal with his shot. So a lot of times he'll create space to be able to take a jumper because he's so great at that. And I feel like Kyrie Irving creates that space to be able to get to the basket because he can finish Right hand, left hand, up and under, I mean, hop steps, euro steps, whatever you want. Because he's just absolutely great at scoring at the basket without having elite level like Derrick Rose, Russell Westbrook athleticism. And so that brings us to our next person, Bradley Beal, who has been a flat out bucket for a couple of years now. When John Wall went down, everybody was looking at him like, well, uh, you know, he just scores. Like, what else What else is he going to do to lift up his team? And I feel like Jason Tatum is kind of in the same boat right now where you go, he's a great scorer. He's able to get a bucket whenever he feels like it. But there's kind of something missing to his game. There's an element that he doesn't have, and that's usually the playmaking aspect. And sometimes the, the defensive aspect, well, there's not many people who's going to have that Kawhi Leonard-esque impact on the defensive end. 
but you look at guys like Jason Tatum and Bradley Beal, and you just see it. You're like, okay, they can. They can. And so the next step in their game is to have that playmaking part as well as being lockdown defenders because they definitely have the they have the capabilities. I mean, it's, you look at these guys, and they're amazing athletes, and they're super smart players. But Bradley Beal, averaging the 34-35 a game, that's, that's big time. And so I continue to look at this Durant team, and I'm like, bucket, that's a bucket, that's a bucket, that's a bucket, that's a bucket. Not to mention James Harden coming off the bench, that's a bucket. And then the last guy, the big guy in the middle, MVP, maybe? Maybe, just maybe, he's got a case. Uh, Joel and B. Joel is, I mean, nobody works in the paint like he does. The way he's able to just back guys down, and you're at his mercy, there's really nothing that you can do. I'm a huge Detroit Pistons fan because I'm from Detroit. I rev Detroit. And so to see him just toy with drumming, for years, it was just, and Drummond's huge. I mean, Drummond is uh, 16, 6'11", maybe like 270, 280. And Joel Embiid just took him to the cleaners every single time. He was just like, God, like, man, you are, you big too. How come you can't deal with this guy? And that's the difference between an MVP caliber player and a guy that's just pretty good. And so you got Joel Embiid in the middle, patrolling the paint, and just doing whatever he wants to down there. And it's funny because I haven't even mentioned his defense at all. Like, he's crazy on defense with how he's able to move his feet, how he's able to stay with guys on switches, and then get back and protect the rim. And that is huge in the game today where you got guys like Bradley Beal, Jason Tatum, Kyrie Irving out on the wing doing what they do. And so as you go to the reserves, I mean, I mentioned James Harden earlier. You got Zach Levine, who's one of the best athletes in the NBA, and is also a bucket. Like, Zach Levine has been getting buckets for years in NBA at this point, averaging 25, dunking on people's heads. So, as I continue to go down the list, Donovan Mitchell, bucket. We've seen what he did in the playoffs. We've seen how he was dropping 50. And this is one of those guys, chip on the shoulder, accept the challenge. He's only like 6'1", maybe 6'2", with two pair of shoes on. I understand. I'm a short guy. We want our, our little extra half inch. But this dude is a bucket. He doesn't ma- It doesn't matter. You know, Spider-Man will go up and he'll go get it. Julius Randle, a bucket. It may not look pretty, and you may go, what? What is he doing? Like, what? What is happening right here? And he has a lot less of that this year because Tibbs is not playing that. But 23 and 11, ain't nothing to sneeze at. He's a reason for the Knicks being on the map like they are. So, Julius Randle? At least this year, certified bucket in the paint. Vucevic, he's been getting bucket for years. Just, I mean, he's not Joel Embiid level, 
but he can step out and shoot it. He toys with those smaller guys in the paint. And there's really nothing that he can't do on the offensive end. Zion Williamson. I mean, if somebody's shooting 60-something percent from the field, how can they not be a bucket, right? Uh, but it's not the same. I can't say that it's the same. Devin Booker, bucket. Moving back over to the LeBron James side, of course, you got some guys that are buckets, like Paul George, right? It's an all-star game. Obviously, they are going to be guys that are buckets over here as well. But here we go, Rudy Gobert. Not known for his scoring. DeMontis Sabonis, not known for his scoring either. So you go, um, okay, who else? Ben Simmons makes everyone better. Chris Paul makes everyone better. So you got these guys that are not not certified buckets per se, because, of course, Chris Paul can score whenever he feels like it. But these are guys that are more prone to do other things. Rudy Gobert leads the league in screen assists. And maybe some people may think that's overrated. Maybe not. But guess what? That's another one of those little things that makes your team better that really has nothing to do with him scoring. He helps other people score. Now, I would be remiss if I didn't say Damian Lillard was a certified bucket. We all know this. Step back. Dame Tom. Logo Lillard. Dame Dollar. I mean, what else more is there to say about how great this guy is? And so that's just something that I noticed with these all-star teams. Uh, I think it's going to be a really good game, obviously. You know, we got the best players in the league. And so, of course, I'm going to watch. And it's going to be fun. I'm just looking forward to the fourth quarter. And hopefully they have the Elam ending. Speaking of endings... That's all I have for y'all today. Thankful for your support and your love and your comments. Go follow me on Instagram at underscore Tony Rambles underscore. Like, rate, review, share. And I look forward to building a great community of listeners that are able to share their ideas and come together and have a great conversation. This is Tony Rambles, and I'm out.